Welcome to Magically Minded. You're listening to Magically Minded. Hello, this is award-winning comedy ventriloquist and comedy magician Rob Watkins. This is a podcast that continues to explore what makes magic magical. We take a trek into the thinking that goes into an engaging and entertaining presentation of the illusionary arts with the desire to always improve, whether exponentially or incrementally. Along with mastering technique, we must also approach what we do with the right kind of thinking, understanding something of the psychology and theory of what we do. We call this kind of thinking being magically minded. Hello, this is Rob Watkins. Thank you so much for joining us for this inaugural podcast of Magically Minded. A little bit of my magic journey, I did start when I was 10 years old. My first page show was when I was 12 years old. Do you remember doing those blue and gold dinners for the Boy Scouts? Or maybe you had a Girl Scout troop nearby that hired you to do your first show? And I have asthma to thank for the interest in magic and ventriloquism. I have had acute asthmatic uh, symptoms when I was younger, and many times I'd have to convalesce in my home. So to escape the boredom, I would take my mind on journeys through magic books and through magic catalogs. And there was a mirror in the room as well so that I could practice and I would practice also ventriloquism for for hours on end, trying to learn technique. And then I would devour books about magic and books about ventriloquism as well. And I remember also my dad found an explorer post in Southern California that focused on magic. And I remember going to those meetings. And as I went to those meetings, and I'm telling you, those meetings were a highlight, a highlight of my of my time as a teenager. And in those meetings, there were older guys who would mentor us, and they were ruthless. They were harsh, but they didn't do it intentionally, although there may have been some who got sheer delight out of it. But but their desire was to really kind of break us down, to take what we've what we would show them and to look at it critically and to tear it apart, break it down to its foundation and help us to rebuild. And actually what they were doing was helping us to be magically minded. Man, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, at times it was harsh, but man, we needed that. And I'm so thankful for that. I am a member of the Society of American Magicians as well as the International Brotherhood of Magicians as well as the Academy of Magical Arts, a magician member of the Magic Castle, where we've had the delight of performing many times. I've had the joy of performing in It's Magic. I've had the joy of traveling the world and performing on cruise ships and for corporations. I've had the delight of performing for church groups, as well as for various uh, church events. And I've always been interested in the theory of magic and the psychology of magic. And so there've been things mulling around in my brain, bouncing around back and forth. So I thought, this is it, this is time. And these things are things that get us to thinking. And I hope they get you to thinking as well with the idea of moving forward, with the idea of improving. Sometimes we do improve exponentially. 
I remember I was with one magician. I was working as a ventriloquist on a cruise ship, and there was one magician there. And by the way, most of the magicians I found have been incredibly generous, incredibly generous with their feedback. Not always positive, but you know, we need that, don't we? But incredibly generous. One magician with whom I worked, and I didn't get permission to use his name, but he was so helpful in my ventriloquism show, he pointed out I would spend about a minute and a half at the beginning of the show, and there wouldn't be any ventriloquism. You know, that was insightful. I appreciated that. And he gave us some other insights as well uh, that I'll be sharing in future podcasts. But then every once in a while, you run into a jerk. Every once in a while, you run into somebody who is so blown up with their own self-importance, and they're just a jerk. And they treat you like garbage. And they treat you like a nobody. But you know, we can even learn from those guys. We can even learn from them, even if it's what it's not what we're supposed to be. If it's to learn from the bad example or the or the the feelings we got from that, we can learn from any of that. But but with all of that, one of my favorite authors is not a magician. He's a author in the realm of business material. He's written books like From Good to Great, Great by Choice, as well as a number of other books. He and his research team have done a marvelous job at looking at what makes a company succeed and what makes a company fail. He puts companies head to head in the same field and explains why one has tanked while another has thrived. And the insights are very, very helpful. And the insights at many, on many levels can be applied to what we do. And sometimes he'll even take these insights and apply it to what we do. Apply his insights to entertainment and to performing arts and things like that. And I was captured by an event to which he drew my attention in a little booklet called a monograph on the flywheel, the, the, the monograph of the flywheel. It was just a brief excerpt explaining a little bit more something of a principle that Jim Collins writes about called the flywheel principle. And he drew our attention to this event that happens once a year in a, in a California town called Ojai, the Ojai Musical Festival. And in that, he talked about the goals that the founders of the festival had, the goals that the organizers of the festival have. And the festival is of such a unique nature. Annually, they hire a different uh, coordinator of, of a different musical genre to coordinate the event. And people are introduced to a whole spectrum of talent, a whole spectrum of genres. And people have just been raving about what the Ojai Musical Festival has done in their lives and for their taste in music. But it all began with this idea. And let me share this with you. This podcast is brief, but let me share this idea with you and see if we can apply it to what we do. One of the founders uh, gave this purpose, this goal, this way. He said, quote, we don't want to evoke an appreciative audience response. Let me, un let me unquote right there and just pause for a moment. Boy, for most of us, that's what we appreciate, an appreciative audience response. We're thankful that nobody threw anything. We're thankful that nothing burnt down. <laughs> We're thankful that people didn't walk out. We're thankful that they applauded. Maybe they even stood. Grateful for that. We don't want to evoke an appreciative audience response. He continues, quote, we want to provoke 
a passionate audience reaction. Wow. Unquote. The wow was not in the quote. We want to provoke a passionate audience reaction. That was a statement. Let me put it all together for you. Quote, we don't want to evoke an appreciative audience response. We want to provoke a passionate audience reaction, unquote. Does that not get you to thinking? Does that not stir something up in you regarding what we do? We're thankful for a, an appreciative audience response. And sometimes we just want to stop there. But I like what this guy says. We want to provoke a passionate audience reaction. So what can we do to do that? With that in mind, that might be a good lens through which to evaluate every performance, every show, every presentation. Does it provoke a passionate, excuse me, yes, provoke a passionate audience re reaction? Wow. Suddenly I, I see where things are weak. Suddenly I see where things can be rearranged to build. We want something to where people aren't just politely applauding at the end of our presentation, but a, pa a passionate audience reaction means they're talking about it the next day. They're talking about it a week down the road. They remember it a month later. When our name is mentioned, they remember the performance and what it did for them. So it's not just observing what we do. Somehow it is experiencing what we do. Catch that. It's not just an audience observing what we do. It is an audience experiencing what we do. Now, the fact is you and I know performers that allow us as an audience to experience what they do. And then we watch other people who are just as talented and it's simply an appreciative audience response. Maybe we can examine what makes the difference. And maybe we can pursue that provoca provocation of a passionate audience reaction. So join us again next time for Magically, Magically Minded. Magically Minded.